This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yeah, buddy, here we go. It's already hour number three of the G-Bag Nation. We've had a very eventful day. We talked with Cowboys legend Greg Ellis. He of 84 sacks, and he talked to us and sung Mike Zimmer's praises. We have a story going on, though, that Broadus broke for us at the top of the show. Not so sure Mike Zimmer's deal uh, is going to get done because it's not done yet, although it's been reported that he's coming aboard. There are contract negotiations that uh, could continue, and if there's more on that story, we'll update you as the information basically comes into Brian's inbox. Um, so, uh, So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, let's talk about the strengths of Mike Zimmer's scheme, what made him successful, and what made him a, a coveted choice here for the Cowboys, Wolchuk. Before you take it away, I do want to say that this could be Mike McCarthy, you know, Mike Nolan, Mike Zimmer, as, as coaches that other teams don't want to hire, okay? That's, my, that's the only complaint I want to lob. Like, we're going to say a lot of great stuff about him, okay? For people that aren't sold, I'm kind of with you. Uh, I, I, I need to see the proof be in the pudding come up this fall to buy in um, because I, I think there's probably a good reason when guys don't get hired from the rest of the league and the Cowboys are like, oh, an old, old guy we know, that's our guy. You know, nobody wanted to hire Mike McCarthy. He was, he was out of football. And uh, he, he sold Jerry Jones. Uh, I think some, some untruths happened that were revealed in the week after that he was hired. So I'm just kind of there. I'm, I'm cautiously very optimistic. And for more on that optimism, here's your woolly bully. So Mike Zimmer, uh, we've talked to some of the former players, as you alluded to, and they have had uh, tremendous responses to how Mike Zimmer is as a coach. You know, it it was interesting listening to Brendan Cooks and Stephon Gilmore talk about kind of the, the new era of players and how they're not as equipped to handle some of the hard coaching. Uh, I think we need to shock the system a little bit. I I think there's different ways to do this, but certainly this defense, I think, is lacking that. And you were able to see, I think, from some of the frustration, body language, uh, specifically the the question about Tank's comments that Brandon and Stefan had when we had him on. And and I think this is going to be a welcome change. Now, credit blogging the boys. They did an excellent job of breaking down some of what Mike Zimmer does as a defensive coordinator. And then I've got some audio of John Gruden that I'd like to play as well. Yeah, if I could just say something about Zim. You know, when I first worked with Tom Coughlin in 1998, that era, you know, he was a really a hard-A coach. You know, I mean, he was was not a player's coach. He was not, you know, and then when he went to the Giants, a lot, something flipped. And he became a little bit more adaptable to his players. He still coached hard, but not to maybe what he was doing in Jacksonville. I'll be interested to see. Mike is that type of guy. His players talk about him in a, in a tough kind of manner. The way, you know. But Mike's a teacher first and foremost. His attention to detail. 
that's what I want from my coach. You know, I don't want, I don't want like I was, you're sitting there, you know, with Gilmore. I felt so sorry for him because I know what type of player he is yeah. and how important communication is and where you need to be and all that. And they're giving up big plays. See, I just don't think, you know, with Mike, it's a, it's that attention to detail, and that's all I ever wanted from my coach. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't care if he's a hard A guy, but if, but if he's if he if he makes players accountable, but he's also teaching them and they don't bust. Yes, you know they don't give up huge plays. Accountability. And that's what I detail. want. And, right. and you know he might not be able to stop Shanahan or McVay or any of these guys. And if that if that happens, then we're going to have a whole new group of coaches we're going to be talking about in New Orleans next year at the Super Bowl. So here's you know? some things uh, to talk about in terms of coverage and what he likes to do in his coverage schemes. That is Mike Zimmer, the potential new Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator, once that deal does uh, officially get done. You better be able to play man coverage. And there's an awesome quote from the NFL Network where Mike Zimmer said, you can find a cover two corner anywhere. I can go down to the 7-Eleven in Bloomington and get one when he was mic'd up coaching. Zimmer's coverage schemes, they're built on versatility. But the key is always to get a guy that can play press man coverage. Amen. Zim loves to run press man coverage behind a creative pressure look, and it makes things that much harder for quarterbacks to diagnose. So the preference of Zimmer is a huge reason I think you can get excited about this return uh, when reuniting with him and the Cowboys. All of that, dude. I mean, when you talk about the best defenses in the league right now, a common theme is they like to bring pressure. They like to simulate the pressure, disguise the heck out of it. But, like, the Chiefs, number one in the league in terms of press coverage, how often they ran that. I think you need that, especially with these teams that are trying – you know, you've got to disrupt the timing. And it's the strength of your two best corners, Diggs and Bland. That when they had to play off and they're playing zone, you saw it in the playoff game against Green Bay. Gilmore, if he's back, he's linked into that as well. Who, they're at their best. Who, I'm sorry. Who, who do you guys think is the player that benefits the most from from being in this? Because I think it is Bland. It's Bland. I think Bland yeah, being in the nickel, Bland. you know, yeah. assuming health, yeah. and he gets it's to go Bland. back to his nickel spot and all yeah. the different blitzing. Like, Bland is physical, man. Yeah. Yeah. Bland's ready to get up in there and yeah. help you in the run game. He's ready to go blitz and make a tackle. Yeah. Like, I think he is going to thrive. Yeah, I, I think I think Bland, absolutely. He's much better when it comes to press man than it is in zone coverage. That's where you start to see uh, the double move kind of get him. I think it's the same thing with the Trayvon Diggs. When he was able to play up and when you look at his size as well at the line of scrimmage, I think both of those corners are going to benefit from that style of, style of scheme. Yeah, and, and now you're seeing like guys who are playing that nickel spot. The Like Detroit had the Alabama branch. Kid, yeah, right. Branch. I mean, these guys are getting creative. The, the Ravens with Kyle Hamilton. Um, I mean, even even with the Chiefs with McDuffie, he's a great slot corner who gets super physical with you. These great teams, they have that, and you get creative with a player like that with the blitzing and the different stuff when they're physical, and, and that's Deron Bland to me. The importance of safety play is also uh, something that Zim has always emphasized. Darren Woodson, Roy Williams, in his time with the Cowboys. Uh, in Cincinnati, he had Reggie Nelson, who they took early from Florida. Florida. George Iloka as well. But he, get, he gets the job with the Vikings. What do they do? They get Harrison Smith from Notre Dame. He ends up going to multiple All-Pros. Uh, to me, I wonder now, safety in the draft, I think that that is a room that needs to be improved. 
You talked last year about Malik Hooker. Yep. Uh, maybe Malik Hooker can benefit some with a Mike Zimmer. I think that's a safety you can improve upon. I don't like Donovan Wilson as a coverage player whatsoever. That is not his strength. You can use him as a different type of chess piece maybe when it comes to blitzing, which is something that he will do, Mike Zimmer, with his safeties. But I think that he can be a liability in coverage. You might need to look for a cover type of safety. We might need to pay more attention to some of these names, like a Tyler Newbin from Minnesota. Minnesota. My guy Javon Bullard from Georgia, who Georgia. I think has some Brian Branch capability can play some slot for you like a Darren Woodson used to do. Also is really, really good when it comes to playing the run in coverage as well. I would love but that. I'm not, I'm not safe, sure about Safety needs to be improved. I, I think it might need to be overhauled because, you know, in that article they talk about how he uses his safeties interchangeably yes. and the defense yeah. doesn't know who's rushing, who's covering. So I think Malik Hooker is the only one out of the three that's a candidate. Uh, and then you have to find, uh, you know, an- another one. If, if he wants to stay with that kind of defense, and he typically uses just two safeties instead of three. Yeah, and he's going to keep them back. Usually, you know, you're, you're double safety back high. You know, he's going to keep them back in the back end of the defense there. And then he's kind of work uh, some different quarters coverage, pattern matching concepts, that type of stuff as he's well. Because he does make... design, uh, disguise the coverages very well. Yeah, and I, I think it's the, one of the most important things, and that's what I like about Zim, or I'm most optimistic about Zim, is you're doing a lot of the same things, but perhaps with more aggressiveness. Yeah. You can kind of, you know, have the same personnel, have the same style, but there's some tweaks to it that I think give it a real chance to be more successful. I wonder if Marquise Bell has a little opportunity to like move back to more of a safety player. He and will thrive. He will. In, in He's that. not going to stay like that. Yeah. yeah, Marquise Bell is one of those guys that I think uh, certainly when you look at what Zimmer can do, he can do that. Yeah, because he can cover. Yeah, um, and and he definitely was out of position well, there, he, linebacker. He's brilliant because just to add to it. As a coach, you want to put the other team in thinking mode instead of reaction mode. And he's constantly making the quarterback think and having to, you know, pick up keys that are going to change immediately after the snap. This is what you and Eric were talking about three or four weeks ago as far as the trends that have allowed defensive coordinators. And it's not sitting in this shell and trying to react. It's actually throwing multiple things at the quarterback so he doesn't know what the hell you're doing snap to snap. There's no predictability. Okay, so the simulated pressures. This is something that we had heard about Mike Zimmer, and he's so, so good at this. And it's not always just blitzing. So simulated pressures when it comes to Zimmer – uh, it, 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 a lot of multitude of coaches will do this. It was very prevalent with the Ravens team in 2000 as well. You, you basically have the most basic definition of it is you have a non-traditional pass rusher go after the quarterback while dropping a traditional pass rusher into coverage. Fire zone. Yes. So the NFL Pete has Carroll. become more positionless, and you'll probably see this with Micah Parsons as well. Mm-hmm. But the application can often be applied to take any look at the bluffs of, uh, that you would with a blitz when you actually send four rushers. So I'm coming at you, and I've got four guys stacked to the left side, four guys stacked to the right side. How many guys are coming? You're not really going to send eight players, right? Maybe yeah. I get six coming out of that look. Maybe I have five. Maybe I go ba- basic four, and i got four more dropping back into coverage. But the whole pr- point of this is, I don't know where this pressure is coming from, and now I've got to go ahead and also diagnose post-snap as a quarterback. I'm trying to process that while going through my reads. Next thing you know, I didn't account for this nickel blitzer, and now I'm getting sacked from the backside. So he's very good at confusing those simulated pressure looks. And I think uh, John Gruden six years ago, when he was still with ESPN, this was uh, brought up. I think Brandon Lorry, who does a good job, tweeted this out. Here's John Gruden. Uh, talking about the double-A package. This is when Zim was still with Minnesota as a head coach, kind of breaking down some of the stuff he likes to do. What really makes the Vikings special is Mike's, Mike Zimmer's double-A package. And what he does is he takes his two inside linebackers, Barr and Kendricks, and instead of lining them up in a normal alignment, 
He puts him in the A-gap between the center and the guard. Then he takes his free safety, Harrison Smith, and he lines him up on the line of scrimmage. Then he takes his nickel corner and he puts him on the line of scrimmage on the strong side. So now they got four defenders on one side of the center and they got four defenders on the other side of the center. It's Mike Zimmer's double A package. He did it in Cincinnati, he's doing it in Minnesota, and he's ripping people. A lot of the times, his two inside linebackers, they act like they're blitzing, but they bluff. And they run out of here and they play coverage. The free safety's acting like he's blitzing, and he bluffs, and he runs and covers the flat. The nickel is acting like he's blitzing, and he drops into the flat. Well, the next time you think they're bluffing, they bring them both. Or they bring one, and they bring him, and they bring four to his side. It's, it's amazing. Uh, I, I think that breakdown from Gruden. The other thing here is the bigger bodies when it comes to stopping the run. Mm -hmm. That's something he looked for in Minnesota as well. And while we talk about the premium pressure that he wants, stopping the run is probably number one. The goal is basically to make the offense one-dimensional, thus allowing his pass rushes to pin their ears back and get after the quarterback. So number one is we are going to set the tone. We're stopping the run. He also, of course, has linebackers going back throughout his entire career. What he was able to do with Datwin and Dexter Coakley, yes. uh, with Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr in Minnesota as well. He wants, you know, 245 to 255 kind of heavier set linebackers as well. So I think the run defense should improve under Mike Zimmer as well. I would be surprised if Hankins continues his career and it's somewhere else, you know, knowing the kind of salary you've been able to get to and how effective he is. I, I think that's line one. And then also, you know, where do you go at linebacker? And is overshown a fit? You know, where is, is overshown too small for Zimmer? Or is he just so dang good you're going to find a spot for him? I think you find a spot. You know, in the, I just, I've always said this, Parcells asked him to play with that win and Dexter Cope. Coakley in, in the three four, and and you know Parcells was like these you you can't do this Mike you cannot do it and Mike goes I will figure it out hmm. and by the end of that it was like Parcells is like you figured it out so yeah I, I think that the adaptability there's some really good linebackers in this draft inside linebackers we'll give you one Tommy Eichenberg from mm -hmm. Ohio State six two two hundred thirty nine pounds there's some guys with some size but we got to get through some of these medical questions that we're going to answer okay. when we get to uh. Uh, the big board reports in uh, March. I also wanted to ask a question about the secondary. Sorry, did you want to get in on that one before? No, no, I just I just think that the size really needs to be the focal point of the line. I think your linebackers, you're seeing Fred Warner's not some huge guy. Dre Greenlaw's not some huge guy. Roquan Smith's not some huge guy. You just need real linebackers that know how to diagnose and instincts. know where to be, yeah. having the instincts. Yeah, Sean yeah. Lee wasn't a huge guy. You can get by, and, and I still want a guy who can play three downs. Yeah. I don't want just a run-stopping only linebacker, and now we're getting bleeped in coverage. Yeah. Uh, so you need to have a, just a real linebacker, not a Marquis Bell, did an admirable job or whatever. You need a guy who understands what's going on, and if you got beef in front of him, I think, you hey, let him play sideline to sideline. Let him help you in coverage as well. I think that is important. I think Overshone, as long as he bounces back from the injury, should have no problem. Just be good. Just, be, just don't necessarily worry about the size. And then the other thing um, was – a, a, a tweet or a quote that somebody on Twitter pulled, you can find a cover two corner anywhere. I can go down to the 7-Eleven in Bloomington yeah. and get one. Yeah. So how to, how, if he has that mindset, you know, are we good at corner? What's he, he wants a tackler? What's, what's that mean exactly? Break that down, Brian. 
Why is it so easy to find a cover two corner, and because how will that uh, affect their personnel a cover decisions? Two, a cover two corner will play up and just turn and funnel. Yeah. You know, it's it's like you're all, you're never – if you're playing man, of course, it's, it's very easy that you're going to have to jam, turn, and run and carry. So both those guys are back there so much yeah. that you got help. Yeah, you've always got somebody playing in the middle of the field. You can find a way to funnel all the routes to the middle. you got linebackers on drop, and you've got safeties on, on drop. So, that yeah, those guys, you know, like it, 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 some of these guys that they've made a living, though, being cover two corners because they yeah. can't really run, but they can jam and they can funnel. Oh, and I wanted to ask about defensive tackle as well. Could Mozzie Smith's college that's, technique that's the question. work better with Zim? The, the, the question that Mike Zimmer needs to ask yeah. when he goes in, and I guarantee you what Zimmer's done, he's looked at Dallas's defense. He knows what he's going to be. His first question when he walks through the door is, what was and, and the coaches that are still there, the coaches that he's going to work with that were on Dan Quinn's staff that aren't going where, Sharif Floyd. Mike's going to have to go up to Sharif Floyd and say, wait a minute. When he was playing at Michigan, he was a 329-pound guy. Why is he 293 pounds now? Yeah. And Sharif Floyd's going to have to be able to say, well, you we think he's a better three technique than he is a one technique. And so Mike's going to go, okay. Why did you think that? He was a 329-pound guy at Michigan. Right. You know? So, Mike, they're going to have to explain to him what the plan is for that. Yeah. You know, Mike did a great job with – we took a Leroy Glover. I mean, I, I got him to the, – the Cowboys to sign Leroy Glover smaller three technique type of a player mike had a great plan for him how to use him as and he made it you know he's made pro bowls that way yes mm-hmm. so mike will know what to do with the players you just got to tell him what was the what was the initial thought about what we were going to do what were you planning on doing with this guy right on yeah I, anything I, else I, we'll check i think mozzie does fit that style uh from michigan more so with with zim I don't think he cares much about him being a three-tech and getting up the field and rushing the passer. I think he's going to look at Mozzie and say, I need you to stop the run and keep my linebackers clean, which is exactly what you drafted him for. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the huge things. Yeah. And I, I just don't know how all the pieces fit that's, together and everybody's job is important, how it reflects on one another. But he was really good at that in college. Yeah. But see, and if that's you knew, the problem. That's the problem. Now, Mozzie Smith at 293 pounds is not going to keep offensive linemen off no, linebackers. I want him to put that weight back on. No. Yeah, that's, I mean, and his lack of burst, he doesn't why. have the twitch. He yeah. doesn't have the twitch to get through that's anyway. That's not his, yeah. the strength of his game. No. I mean, maybe he went through, like, a, a life change and decided to get vegan and super healthy or something, but this offseason would be all about packing on lean muscle, maybe trying to be a leaner version of what he was, but yeah. you're going to have to get quite a bit of that weight back, I, I think, if you're going to be one of those big defensive tackles that just clogs up the run. And at both of his last two stops, that's one of the first things he did. We need the big son of a gun in the middle who can highly deter people from running it straight up. So uh, we can worry about everything else. Great stuff, Woolchuck. Uh, excellent job covering that story. You can read more about that today on Blog and the Boys. Salute to those guys for organizing all that information and that research project. Okay, coming up next, it's the top 10 at 420. What's the subject? Uh, we are doing our annual Super Bowl foods. Top 10 Super Bowl foods. What are you going to be doing for your spread? That's next on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, buddy, welcome back. It is the G-Back Nation. We are live on Radio Row. Our coverage is brought to you by... Low T Center. And Best Buy Windows and Siding. Hope you're having a good one. Uh, Get Right's coming up at 6 o'clock, a little early tonight with Reggie and company. Uh, When we return right here, it's time now for the Top 10 at 420 segments brought to you by Soda. That's state-of-the-art, and it is brought to you by the Frankels. Life's unpredictable. Accidents happen. Franklin Frankel, go-to attorneys for car truck wrecks and DFW. You or a loved one's been in an accident, contact the Frankels, 214-817-333-3333. Go online to truckwreck.com. Now, here he is, Zach with an H, your Wooly Bully. Thank you very much, 877-881-1053. What's your top Super Bowl food? What are you having for your Super Bowl game day spread? We'll get to that in just a moment. We did have the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2024 revealed at the honors. It'll be Dwight Freeney, Devin Hester, Andre Johnson, Julius Peppers, Patrick Willis, and the two senior nominees are Randy Gratishar and Steve McMichael, unfortunately, yet again. Darren Woodson uh, is not getting the respect that he deserves. It is long overdue, and it is another disappointing year in which we are not able to celebrate Darren Woodson. He deserves to be in there. Brian, I know you've talked a lot about you were with him and Leroy Butler. Leroy Butler got in. Darren Woodson was a better player than John Lynch. John Lynch is in. A lot would say was better than Steve Water. Steve Water is in. Yes, absolutely. Darren Woodson needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Congratulations to everybody that did make it. I think very deserving. I know Bobby and I last night at the Italian restaurant were going back and forth about who is the best returner of all time. He thinks it is of the human joystick. Uh, and, And I went with Devin Hester. Yeah, uh, and you were 100% right about that. We were clowning Bobby at dinner last night. I think that could be worse than his perpetual love with Dak Prescott is his take that Dante Hall is the better return man than Devin Hester. I couldn't believe uh, how many how many returns for a touchdown, uh, how many punt returns for a touchdown do you think Devin Hester had in his career? If you just had to guess, punt returns for a touchdown. 12. Okay. That's what I was going to say. He had 14. Dante wow. Hall had six. Uh, in terms of uh, kickoff returns for a touchdown, Devin Hester had like f- at least five, and Dante Hall had like three or four, maybe. 
Uh, but the the difference in amount of touchdowns is through the roof. Devin Hester by a mile compared to yeah. Dante Hall. And, 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 I mean, I get Bobby's point in terms of Dante Hall had some unbelievable jaw-dropping returns. No doubt. I mean, hell, Woody Dantzler has one of the best punt returns I've ever seen in my life at a Cowboys 49ers game making people miss. But does, the whole point of being a returner is can I score with the ball in my hands? Devin Hester did it better than anybody else, and he has the only kickoff return for a touchdown in Super Bowl history when he opened it up against the Colts. So, I mean, to me, I think it is Devin Hester. If you want to say I'm not putting either of those guys in, I'm cool with that too. I'd slide Darren Woodson in. There's no way in hell Devin Hester's more deserving than Darren Woodson. Give me the safety. They can also line up and play slot receivers and cover them uh, over Devin Hester as a kick returner. But still, congratulations to everybody that made it in. Facts are, it's time for the NFL to do this thing different because you have so many more teams uh, in the NFL than when this system was established. There's just too many good players that are getting left out, and I get you wanted to be exclusive, but golly, this is horrible. Did Darren Woodson go home early because he just knew? Did no, I think he was just here for the day. He was just here for the day yeah, anyway. I, I asked Christy about that, actually, and she said that was pre-planned. Yeah, he was here for so the day. So I don't think that that was the reason, but, man, it, huh. it's a bummer. It, it, it's well, I know it's highly, highly frustrating for these guys, and they cover it well, and they're humble, and they're going to do everything with class because that is who they are. That's why they're up for the Hall of Fame for the most part. Um, but I, I just I can sense how big of a deal it is for them and the massive disappointment. Him and Sean Alexander. Yeah. Yeah, and Sean Alexander, another guy that that deserves to get in there. Uh, Spain is going to host an NFL regular season game in 2025. That will be in Madrid as the National Football League looks to continue to expand into Europe. I asked uh, Brian this morning. Sorry to keep cutting you off, Wolchuk. You're good, man. I asked Brian this morning, what is more popular? Because he worked in the NFL Europe. What's more popular, football in Europe, tackle football, the NFL, or soccer in America, which has exploded? And your answer? My answer was, I think the NFL in Europe is. That's huge. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I had no idea. See, I is, wanted it in context. Yeah, this is where this is where the NFL is. They they realize it now. You know, yeah. when we went over there in 1990, and where you know Stan Gelball was the quarterback for the London Monarchs, and you could you could fool those fans over there with players. You know, today they know who all the great players are. You know, they they do a great job whether. Sky Sports, BBC, they, they do a, a super job. And you've got a fan base, about a fan base, like I say, even in, 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 you know, in the Middle East and stuff with, with my friends, our friend Prince Faisal, you know, in Saudi Arabia. They sit up at, you know, 1, 2 in the morning getting ready for a Cowboy game. Yeah. And they do it every week. That they must do be it, fun. And, they, and they, they do their work schedules around it and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think that to me, and soccer's really big over here, don't get me wrong. But you, you go over, when we went over there to London in, uh, in 2014 to play that game and the number of fans that were filing into Wembley with the different jerseys on and the gear and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's the NFL is realizing where their next big – you, you watch, I- expansion? Yeah. It's not going to be, I don't think, in the United States – we're going to be talking about European expansion for one of these teams. They're going to figure that how to do that next. It's going to be incredible. Maybe some end of up the, just getting a whole division. Yeah, they they could use a division that would cut down on the travel a lot. That That's a great idea, Wolchuk. Yeah, some of the most fun I've had watching sports over the years is waking up in the middle of the night to watch soccer games. And there's just something different about it, especially if you get a cold beer after waking up from six hours of sleep at three thirty in the morning to watch your team play with with your buddies. Like you've all woke it up and got it's just neat. 
It is. It's fun. It's an event. Is that is that the beer you miss the most? The 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 soccer game day breakfast beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah because it would wake you up. Yeah. Woo! Let's go. Let's party. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people like to start with with like uh, you know eggs and bacon or ice water, coffee Good in the beer. morning. But it's all about that cold Give me the breakfast mean, beer. You're dehydrated, you know, and you need some sustenance. What's wrong with the coldie? Nothing. Right, let's slide into our top ten. The top ten best Super Bowl foods as we get ready for the big game on Sunday. Eight seven seven eight eight one one zero five three. What is your must-have go-to Super Bowl game day food for your spread? Let's throw things back to the Pim Cup, Lucius. Where are we going with the game day food for Sunday? Yo, yo. yo. Hey, so yeah, we used to watch the uh, NFL football games about four o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning on that Navy go. ship. Sometimes, nice on the Armed Forces Network. I bet you guys were having a time. Yeah. Shh, be quiet. Be quiet. <laughs> I'd be hating. Nobody cares about the Cowboys, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Real game, come on at 6. Like 6 a.m. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, I like the uh, Swedish meatballs. Oh, yeah. I do like the Swedish meatballs. And those little weenies that you stick the the, the stuff in. What is that? Uh, Beaner wieners? No. Pigs in a blanket? No. You just have them, like, sitting in the barbecue the sauce. Weenies. I know what you're talking about. Uh, little Smokies. Yeah, the Little Smokies. The Little Smokies. Okay. That's what they With are. With the toothpicks. That's the word I was yes. trying to find. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Those things are fire. What about you guys? I know wings, of course. Orange Magic. Batches coming. You know, I, I think chopped brisket sandwiches, sliders. That sounds delicious. Yeah. Some chopped brisket sliders. Yeah, I think to me it's always been gumbo. Dude. Because I always get, you know, the gumbo, I kind of feel like I cover everybody's taste. And then maybe you do something with, uh, you know, with the dips, you can do it a little bit. Maybe if somebody likes, uh, you do a seafood meal, but then your dips have something to do with Skull. brisket or, oh, yeah, or, yeah, or pulled yeah. pork or something like oh, that. like a brisket queso? Brisket queso, yeah. Oof. Oh, that yeah. sounds so good. I like that breakfast sausage in, that, in, in the queso as well. Yeah. I do think you yes. need to have, like, to make it a little bit heartier. Some like, meat. let's not just do cheese and, like, whatever, the rotel or whatever. Put some level right. of meat in there. There's some chorizo. Now, all of a sudden, I could maybe ma- I could turn call. this into a nacho plate, and now that, that's a full-on meal ski. I kind of feel <laughs> like, though, the people that do the queso, if you do with the meat, don't pour that grease off. You know, and if you yeah. do, your, if you fry the, if you're frying the, you get, you know, you're getting the, the hamburger, whatever you're using, the Teresa, whatever you're using, just go ahead and pour that grease into the into the cheese with yes. it and stir that thing up and let it incorporate in there. You know, a lot of people pour that grease off, and you're like, that's all that flavor. Yeah, you know, you don't want to lose that flavor. Man, I think if you're doing a Texas Twinkie, you know, if you're getting one of these, if you're getting one of those, uh, you know, the jalapeno. Right. Then you stuff it with the brisket, get a, the cream some cheese, barbecue, wrap it in that bacon or something. I give you a pro tip on that too. If you're yeah. doing the Texas Twinkie thing, use thick cut bacon. Mm. You know, don't don't go thin and try and get it a little bit longer because you want to make sure you get it all the way around. Full 360. Yeah, you get the full the full maybe coverage. a double lap if yeah, possible. But, but go go with thick cut bacon there too, and and get you the some sturdy. And and by the way, soak your toothpicks before you before you. Uh, before you put them in the fire, you know, say if you get them wet, the toothpicks won't burn. But if you just go just to put the toothpick and throw them in the fire, they catch on fire and you lose your toothpick. Interesting. So soak them a little bit before you okay. before you put them through your Twinkies there. Or uh, just go to Hutchins. Or just go, yeah, no doubt. A I lot of that what a wing situation. That, I mean, the 72, 72 what a wings. Oh, and those wings were so good. I even had to stop when we went to the airport going out of Love Field. I got another batch of the honey barbecue or the uh, oh, honey butter ones. Yes. They're so freaking delicious, dude. Yeah. They absolutely are. That's the best sauce and food. Buffalo chicken dip being texted in. That's a heavy favorite. That's huge. That's a must have. It's fantastic. It's a staple. Uh, sausage balls being texted in. 229, nothing exotic, but we were having chicken wings, 
garlic parm, lemon pepper, dry rubs, fantastic homemade pizza, steak, fajita nachos, and guac. Dude, this, this is that's this a, guy's. That's a hell of a This guy's right winning. Here. I'll come to his place. I'll bring the buffalo chicken dip, and now we have a well-rounded situation. You can, of course, Google Gavin Dawson Orange Magic. Find it on YouTube. Find it at 105thethefan.com. Overnight in Frank's. Holy Gospel from Meat Church Rub. Smoke them for an hour and a half at 250. Pull them. Put some breakfast syrup on them and some extra Franks. And then put them back on like a grill to finish them. Get a little crispy skin there. You'll be, you'll oh, be good to go. And you'll, have a, you'll have a new favorite there. It's the, the three-ingredient three, uh, orange magic wing. Some of the honorable mentions, we've got uh, subs, like a sub sandwich. I was going to say, has anybody ever done like the six-foot sub? I have not, but I've seen people do it. Yeah, I like when they do, it's like a it's like You a just cut it yourself. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah. everybody just goes everyone just comes and yeah. grabs a bit. Yeah. I'm going with Zimmern's advice yesterday. Let everybody make their own. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it's fun. He, he was right on. The emotional connection. Yeah. It's stronger that way. Chicken tendies. I don't think that's ever a bad idea. Nope. Meatballs, jalapeno poppers, and cookies. Those are your honorable mentions on the outside looking in. Number 10 is the, uh, like, pigs in a oh, blanket. Can I ask a question? Yeah. If you're going to do the cookies or dessert, do you kind of scoff at the person that went to Tom Thumb and yes. bought the cookies? Yes. Yeah, they show up in the, with, the, with the, you can see the label on the top. If or they're if the you, Nestle Toll House, I'm okay. I don't. Those some ones of, in the deli, in little clear really plastic, good, those are amazing. I I'm think, not going to say I wanna, If you're going to do that, if you want to fake people out, don't, don't bring them in the Tom Thumb bag. There you go. Take that out and put it in your own container and then bring it in. Act like you made them. Now, yeah. now you're outing people here because now I do this. Uh, oh, is this you? I got to bring a pie or something, you know, for these Friendsgivings. What I am doing is going and getting the apple pie or the pumpkin pie or the pecan. I'm taking it out of that, then putting my own foil on it and saying, look, I've brought this pie right, for here we you. Go. And they don't know. They don't know that I bought this store. Well, that's fine. If you're if you're coming over to somebody's place and that's what you're bringing, but I think as a host, it's on you. Five minutes left in quarter number two. You got to get a fresh baked cookie or brownie situation going on in that oven. Yes. So by halftime, fresh baked cookies, dude. I mean, everybody would love that, but it's I, the I'm smell not in the house. Some of the that smell in the house. Yes. The house. And then yeah. I get that. I get that hot cookie. I got that cold ice cream. It's a it's a beautiful marriage at halftime while I'm watching Usher. Number nine is brownies. Uh, that comes in at nine. Not hard to make. The corners, no. please. And Lucius is right. Put the nuts and stuff in them, too. Oh, you got to have some nutty brownies. Number eight is tacos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A little taco bar. Taco yeah. would be. Yeah, and that's Never another. Bad. People can make it themselves. Some heated chicken the over there. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Never make it, yeah. Seven is chili. Yeah. And I liked what Big Andrew winner. said yesterday with, like, give me a, a warm bowl of something. White beans. Yeah, but and also give your give your folks an opportunity. Put some Fritos out there, yep. you know, the got original to. Fritos. Cheese, yes. sour cream, Because that'll onions. help you with the salt and the crunch. And then make sure some diced up onion, not a bad thing, and a lot of cheese. Grade your own cheese if you can do it. Don't buy it out of the pack. Grade it if you can. Makes it a little bit better for you. Six will be your sliders. They can be burgers. They can be pulled pork, brisket. I'll tell you what. People have taken those Hawaiian rolls mm-hmm. and yes, you stack dude. them and then you cut them in half yeah. and then dress them and then put the top back on and bake them. Yep. Wonderful. Holy it's moly. Yeah. I mean, you you got to have some level of, of handheld, I think, yeah. if you're doing it 100%. Number five uh, is mozzarella sticks. I think that's Ooh. always a good game day idea. Oh, my gosh. I need to get the folks at Globe Life Field to come over and set yeah. up a little Mott stand. That's one that you bring out when they're fresh, though. It's Mott oh, stick time. got to go. Mott yeah. stick time is not going to last more than five minutes. Nope. Yeah, the fried foods, for sure. you got to get that hot and ready. Number four is chips and dip. No matter what kind of dip you like, chips, 
it's a it's dips. a go-to winning combination a lot of a lot of recipes out there make it yourself don't go and buy like again i'm sorry tom thumb and all these places the dips you know, i'll make yeah go and make try and make you, you know, get daisy the recipes because stir them up i'll you get should, that daisy yeah. french onion put it there in a bowl yeah, yeah, there you go myself. there you go you know make it Got yourself. a whole great section on do it yourself number three is pizza on national pizza day by the way number three is Fitting. pizza third best game day food number two nachos that's another one people can do themselves. We found that out yesterday when we wanted to try and go to Guy Fieri. She's like, ask for it all individual, make it yourself. I'm like, no, I wanted to come here and get the trash can nachos. You're telling me it's not worth it. I'm going to take my money elsewhere. That's exactly what we did. Make sure that every chips has some kind of coverage on it, though. Don't leave bare chips. I See, I, I think that's a make-it-your-own situation. I think, hey, listen, I got the queso here. It's all, it's all ready for you. You go bring your plate and you do up your nachos okay. how you want to do your nachos. I think that's the best strategy. But number one. Most popular Super Bowl food is indeed the chicken wings. The chicken wingy Undefeated. Thingy. I am seeing here in terms of. Uh, I do chili dogs. This year Ooh, in lead up. good. Yeah, it's a good call. If you're going to do chili, why not? Yeah. Why not accompany well, you the, the dogs? You got the dogs. hot dog like you're at the game. Yeah. yeah. Even do even do kind of hot dogs with the, with all the toppings. Sure. I see deviled eggs getting hit a lot. That's a that's a, a that's a fourth lot. and six. Eggs, punt, huh? punt. Fourth and six. I think that I think the deviled egg is going to be making many an appearance at uh, at the Super Bowl parties across the United States. I this might year. not Based invite on you the back. Metrics I'm seeing it. These you might know, be people love, metrics. People love deviled might eggs. Might not bite you back. I know you don't, but people do. thank now you, Wolchuk. Thank you. Awesome. Okay, what's the Mavs' outlook as far as improving their team from here? We'll take a look at the remaining assets and how they might be able to finish the build towards a championship this summer before they hopefully make a run with this retooled roster. It's Mavs Talk with you next in the nation. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, thank you very much, Lucius. It is the GBAC Nation here on The Fan. It's a Friday on Radio Row. Uh, we're going to talk some Mavericks basketball here with you. What does Jason Kidd have to say about what we're about to watch with this basketball team? Uh, win again last night against New York. I want to know from you, truckwreck.com, Fantex, and you guys at this table here, Lucius and the Pimp Cup, where uh, where are you with the Mavs' expectations? How much have they risen here in recent days? Now, Kidd says, um, I would just like to ask everyone to have some patience. Anytime you add two new pieces, maybe three, it takes time to get a rhythm and to understand each other. But we're very excited to have those two talking about Washington and Gafford yesterday's acquisitions. We will uh, talk about what trade chips they have remaining uh, that they could deal this summer to add another piece. Not many more bullets left to fire, so that one has got to be done right. You know, I, I think they were kind of fortunate they were able to get off the Grant Williams uh, 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 you know, contract and, and bring in a player who's very more than likely better than, than Grant. But first, what do, you, what do you guys think we're about to see? Have they turned a corner here? I, I do think that they are definitely a better basketball team. Hopefully they can sort of hit the ground running. I know Jason Kidd is trying to temper expectations, as he likes to do. Uh, but I do expect it to be uh, not too long before these guys are starting to fit in pretty seamlessly. And I think especially offensively, both of their, both of their jobs become easier. Playing around Kyrie and Luka, 
um, your, your, your opportunities are going to be endless there. So I think that'll be, that'll be pretty smooth. And the big question for me is mostly just health. Uh, I don't believe this is a championship team, but I do think this is a team that can make some playoff noise in terms of at least winning a series. But the health is going to be the main thing here. Yeah, as far as them winning a series, I think you look at the top four teams right now in the West and you're like, yeah, I don't know about that right now. We'll maybe reevaluate that in three or four weeks, see how healthy they are, see how much better they are. But I don't know if we know for sure. I don't think we've gotten a good look at, at what this team is capable of because I was looking at the roster yesterday. I mean, if you get Dinwiddie here, I could see as many of 11 their players being good enough to be on, on a finals rotation. You know, they they yes. really have some quality depth now. I think this is the the team is much better than it was when they made their conference finals run two years ago. Uh, I think adding guys like PJ Washington and Gafford are perfect fits. The question, of course, will be health. Like Kyrie and Luca have to be healthy. Derek Lively's got to be healthy. But if they are, I mean, guys, Minnesota's been amazing this year. But how much trust do you have in a T Wolf team in a series when you've got a healthy Luca and a Kyrie? I think the Mavericks could upset a Minnesota in the postseason or an Oklahoma City, these young teams that haven't proven they've got that championship mindset just yet. I mean, you've got two of the best players in the world, and I think now the supporting cast really is coming together. I'm with you. I don't think they're winning the NBA Finals by any means. But it wouldn't shock me, based on what we saw two years ago, depending on the matchups and how the seeding goes, if they end up do making another awesome run to a conference finals. I think that's probably the peak. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's fair to say for now. Although, even with the Clippers, I think they could match up well with them. I think Denver has had injury issues with Murray, with Aaron Gordon, yeah. with Michael Porter Jr. over the years. And they have had postseasons cut short by nothing but injuries. So, I would say it's a very slight chance. But if things come together perfectly, I could, I could see them actually making it to the finals. And, and once you're there, probably... You know, not not being able to get past uh, you know Giannis and the Bucks, assuming that would be the team there. I, I just you know think that would be a little bit too much. But I'm really excited about where this team is and and where they are headed. Now again, Thunder tomorrow at two, Wizards Spurs Suns. Okay, uh, but we we need to hope that there is something that can fall together for them coming up this summer, and the picks that they are going to have available to deal with. 2027 first, 2025 second, 2028 second. They'll get their uh, 2030 pick available or their 2031 pick available starting on draft night, but that is seven years out. You know, um, and then you have the pick three years out as far as your other one. That's going to be tough to entice a team to give you up a significant asset. That's got to be more like a distressed asset that a team's looking to get off of. You know, um, yeah. So I, I, I don't know, like what you see right now might be kind of what you get, and then it would switch to, okay, well, what, what would you get if you combined Josh Green and Jaden Hardy in a trade, or would you rather hang on to those guys and see where they develop? Guys, thoughts on that? Because that's, that's really your next best asset when you look at those draft picks. I don't see really playing time for Jaden Hardy uh, as currently constructed with this roster, especially if you added Spencer Dinwiddie. I just think you've got enough guards. You've got Kyrie. You've got Luka. They're your main ball handlers. Hardy's only playing in a reserve off-the-bench role or due to injury. And I think he's a guy that does have upside. And if he wants to flourish and take the next step in his career, he's going to have to go do that somewhere else. I think he ends up being probably the chip that's most tradable. 
Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I think I think Josh Green is the better in terms of what you could get for him, but it, it seems like the Mavericks absolutely want nothing to do with moving on from him. And I know, I mean, reading in The Athletic, it's like the Hornets were saying the whole time in lead-up to the deadline, we're not giving you P.J. Washington without getting a Josh Green in return. And the Mavericks obviously stood strong on that and were able to get the deal done, and they were more willing to part with the draft asset than, than punting on Josh Green. So I think... Uh, I think you could get something. He, he clearly is an asset. Teams want him, and the Mavs are reluctant to give up on him. But I, I think the Mavericks, it's got to be the perfect scenario of who you're getting in return if they're going to move on from Josh Green. Seems like they really like him quite a bit. And yes. I would trade him. I mean, if the right player's out there, I'm moving Josh Green. I just think that the inconsistency that you're getting night in and night out, it, it's not there for me with him. I think they have the right approach, though. I mean, and, and the fact that they wouldn't let him go for Washington, I think, is because looking at this roster, other than Derek Jones Jr., I don't know that you have a guy with the defensive potential that he has. There was a game a couple of weeks ago where Josh Green looked all NBA defensive. And I, I think as he continues to grow and, and gets more aware and learns the tips and tricks of being an on-the-ball defender, he might be that rare guy in today's NBA that could actually help you go shut down. Like you get in a playoff series and, you know, anybody on the perimeter that's a problem from one through four, Josh Green, as I see his progression, might give you a chance to go out there and, like, stop or slow down one of the, you know, best players on the perimeter in the game and, and most of them are perimeter these days. I mean, you get, you get into a series with the Clippers – those guys are going yeah. to give you problems. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Russell Westbrook, Norman Powell. And the hottest guy, you're going to have to put Josh Green on him. And, uh, you know, and, and Derek Jones Jr., obviously. But Green has the offensive game that would allow him, on the peak of his top side, to be one of the best two-way players in the game if he develops that way. Okay, we got one hour to go. Again, the get right is going to take over tonight at 6 o'clock as we're heading for the airport. We uh, have our final hour of Radio Row when we return, and, and Chief, what do you have in store for us? Football's finest for the final football Friday of the season. Let's get you set for kickoff next year in the nation. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.